Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Soccer Radio presented by BetOnline.ag. Nick Eber with you. Uh, lots to get to. Lots to unpack. I, I took a couple of days off earlier this week. I hope you guys will excuse me. I know I said at the end of the show on Friday, I'll chat to you on Monday and we'll talk about the Premier League. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to uh, sleep a little bit if you're not feeling well and uh, take it easy. And that's what I did. I actually suspect, uh, I just suspect that I had a bout of COVID. I have been fully vaccinated, people. So uh, I can tell you that I had trouble breathing for two or three days and uh, was very tired and lethargic. Um, and I, all I can tell you is, uh, you know, if that is how you feel after being vaccinated, I cannot imagine what a bout of COVID feels like if you have not been vaccinated. I mean, obviously, death being the... Uh, the final word. Also, um, I just uh, take this opportunity to say uh, I suffered a death in my extended family, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit uh, during the show. Sorry to be a bummer, uh, but, you know, sometimes this show is as much therapy for me as it is for you. Anyway, um, I'd like to welcome all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. It's great to have you with me, as well as, of course, if you're listening on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network or Sirius XM or iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning SiriusXM app, and our podcast is rocking, folks. You can find it at the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network, or anywhere you get your podcasts. So if you miss any part of the show, you can uh, never fear. You can always download it and have it at your, on your app. Uh, this is one of these interminable uh, World Cup qualifying weekends. I, I just hate this about the new seasons in the Premier League and in Europe in general. Uh, because just when you, you know, were getting in the groove, just when the stories, because at the end of the day, isn't that what this is all about, right? Just when the stories were sort of starting to develop and the soap opera was, it's like, you know, you really get into a movie and then bam, all of a sudden, you know, you stop for a commercial break. It drives me crazy. Speaking of commercial breaks, I'm going to have to go to one right now. So I'm going to do that, and we're going to come back. Let's kick it all off. This is World Soccer Radio. Lots to get to today. We've got Premier League discussion. We've got, of course, the closing of the transfer window. Let's look and see what happened where. Uh, we've got these awful internationals coming up. So a lot to talk about. Uh, be right back after this. All right, welcome back here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. I'm Nick Eber. It is great to be with you. You can find me here each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast if you're listening on Sports Overnight America. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, which you can find at the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Podcast Network. Or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, TuneIn, etc., etc., you can get it there. 
They also have some other really cool soccer-related podcasts that I think you'll really enjoy. So uh, check us out at the Believe Podcast Network. Of course, a big hello again to our men and women in uniform around the world on the Amer- listening on the American Forces Network. Um, this is a, uh, you know, it's, it's great because match day three of the Premier League is now under our belt. And I will run through my picks here and take a look at some of these results and we'll see how I did. Before I do that, though, I just want to tell you that all of the odds that I used, the money lines, the point spreads, the totals, were courtesy of betonline.ag. And it is that time of year again when all eyes are now turning to American football as the teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest, the world's largest 200,000 NFL survivors contest, which is open now at BetOnline. So head to the website or use your mobile device, that's betonline.ag, sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Stop for a moment, you heard me. A hundred, I said 100% welcome bonus for signing up at betonline.ag. And to just let you know how you just can't lose there right now, you can take advantage of their opening day super promo. So you make a bet on the Thursday, September the 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager gets refunded up to $25. That's for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. So go to betterline.ag, sign up, get a 100% welcome bonus. So if you put 25 in, you'll be able to bet 50, take that 25 and bet it on the opening day super promo on either the Buccaneers or the Cowboys. And you can't lose. In fact, you're guaranteed to win, right? You're guaranteed to win. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. So that's, you know, soccer, that's Champions League, uh, Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, Liga, um, uh, I'm missing, uh, Bundesliga, uh, MLS, whatever you want to bet on soccer-wise, they've got it, of course. They have the Euros, they have the World Cup, they have the Olympics. They've got wrestling, they've got MMA, they've got boxing, they've got baseball, they've got basketball, they've got hockey. They've got all the college sports you want. They even have politics, and they also have reality show betting props. Really, really fun. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, and we are presented to you by Bet Online. Wish I could tell you that my picks for the weekend were good, but they really weren't. I actually came out <clears throat> about 50-50. I said Arsenal were going to lose to City uh, 2-0, and they ended up losing to City 5-0. Regardless, I said bet the money line at minus 370, which I actually thought was pretty good money for Manchester City at this point. And you would have, you know, $100 uh, would have paid, um, you would have paid uh, $370 to win 100 So, you know, pretty good stuff. Okay. Uh, the other one, Brighton-Everton. Uh, I said on Brighton-Everton, to take, uh, I forget what did, what did I say, I didn't, I didn't uh, write it down here. Hmm. Well, anyway, Brighton-Everton ended up being a draw. And uh, 
No, pardon me, an Everton win. Excuse me. Everton won. I said take the draw, so I got that one dead wrong, right? Plus 225, folks. Everton were the dogs on that match, if you can believe that. Norwich, Leicester City. I said take Leicester City. I said they were going to use this as an opportunity to get their game back on track after losing 4-1 to West Ham United. They did just that. They have a rough weekend coming up next Saturday, or Saturday the 11th. Not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, when they will host Manchester City. That is the kind of match of the weekend. But in the match against Norwich City, they did win. I said take Leicester, minus 115. Crystal Palace, West Ham. I said take the draw. Uh, West Ham actually uh, did get the draw on that one. So, pardon me, I said take West Ham. It was a draw. So I got that one wrong. I actually said the Hammers were going to win 3-1. It'll help next time I do this. I'll take better notes, by the way. Uh, Newcastle, Southampton. I said take the draw. It was, in fact, a draw. So, hey, one for me. Aston Villa, Brentford. I said take the draw. I said no. I said take uh, the Villains at plus 100 was at Villa Park. It ended up a draw, which would have paid plus 260. Liverpool-Chelsea. I said Liverpool would edge Chelsea 2-1. It was actually 1-1. Chelsea having the man sent off. Whenever that happens, you can just kind of throw the game out the window in terms of what you predicted would happen. And on the Sunday matches, Burnley leads United. I said take Leeds at plus 130. It was actually a draw, so I got that one wrong. Tottenham-Watford, I said take Spurs. At minus 230, which is also really good money on that one. And they did, in fact, win. And Wolves, Man United, I wishingly uh, thought they would draw, but they didn't. Man United eked out a very unlikely 1-0 victory uh, away at Molyneux. Quite frankly, I thought United looked very uninspiring as they wait for CR7 to take the pitch, which he will do. Uh, my understanding is right after the international break. So will we see him on their next match, which is... No, I think it's the 11th, is it? Uh, No, they play on the... Yes, the 11th at... They host Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, that's not going to be that difficult of a game. So I actually think United will probably get a little run out for Ronaldo on the 11th. So if you want to see CR7 take the pitch... Uh, a little bit of deja vu for you. Uh, that is the time to do it. Uh, that will be the uh, 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning. Um, 0700, excuse me. 7 a.m. game. The early morning game is the Spurs Palace game. So, I didn't do all that well. Uh, exactly 50%, which uh, is not enough. I think if you're like 52%, you're a winner. Uh, but once you know obviously there's you know all, all these other things that you have to take into consideration um, you know maybe i'll get one of the big sports bettors on one of the shows and they can talk you kind of through how it works and uh you know the 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 process uh and and what you need to do because it's not always about picking the score or picking the total goals you have to look and see where the best payouts are sometimes it's the money line sometimes you know it's the over under sometimes it's total goals uh, you know, I mean, look, honestly, uh, let's see. The most lopsided match of the weekend is likely to be. Uh, I don't think we really have any. Like, okay, maybe West Ham, Southampton. Oh, Man United, Newcastle, excuse me. 
That's going to be the most lopsided match of the weekend. I'm going to predict Man United are going to be like minus 400 and something. I tell you what, let's see if I, let's see if Bet Online has those odds uh, right now, and let's see uh, what they would come out to be. But I, I can promise you, it's um, it's not necessarily a a good bet you're going to want to make just to bet the money line on something that's that quote unquote obvious, right? I'm running out of time on this segment, so I'm kind of jamming around the Bet Online site, which is a really good site, by the way. Um, and uh, let's see if I can pull it up before we run out of time. We got 30 seconds. Uh, let's go here. Uh, soccer, soccer. Oh, cut. Uh, oh. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to run out of time before. Oh, here we go. Premier League. Let's see. We do. We got 20 seconds. Are you ready? Man United, Newcastle. What did I tell you, folks? Minus 476 for United. Too much danger in that bet. All right, let's let's pick it up. I promise you, I'll get off sports betting when we come back. Right here, World Soccer Radio. Welcome back, World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. You know, no fun is probably right. I've had a fairly rough week. Um, I lost a surrogate father of mine, uh, uh, died a couple of days ago. You may have heard of him, the actor Ed Asner. I grew up around the Asner family. Ed was very much my, my second father. He passed away at the age of 91 after living a a very, very full life, uh, no doubt about that. So uh, that's definitely, uh, you know, put a bit of a damper, to say the least, uh, on the week, and really, life in general. But we must get on with it, right? And I suppose uh, that's the way they're feeling at FIFA. We've got to get on with this World Cup qualifying. Although it is interminable. It is boring. It never ends, by the way. We're presented by betonline.ag. Whew, got that in quickly. <clears throat> the transfer market this year has been nothing short of astounding. To tell you that Messi, Griezmann, Ronaldo, A whole bunch of others, and I'm going to get to them all, have left, moved teams. You would never believe it, right? I mean, it really is pretty amazing. what was sort of a balanced staple. Remember we had, uh, you know, Ronaldo at Real Madrid and we had Messi at Barcelona and we had, uh, you know, sort of the, the huge names at, uh, in Spain and then, you know, Italy had kind of like the up-and-comers and then England had their sort of big money stars. And boy, now it has been like Ross Perot's giant sucking sound as the talent has exited La Liga or Barcelona, and more even than I, I, I really think Madrid, actually, due to their dire financial situation. And dire being an understatement, I think a billion pounds in debt. 
it is unbelievable when you think about it. But the one big name that didn't move during the window was Kylian Mbappe. You know, he's sitting over there at PSG. He really wants to go to Real Madrid. And they made a ridiculous offer for him. I don't recall how much the offer was, but it was it was ridiculous. Uh, I'm reading here as I talk to you because there's actually more information coming through. Two hundred, <coughs> two hundred plus million is what would offered for him, but didn't happen. Not enough money. And interestingly enough, the one team in Spain that's really kind of bolstering themselves is Atleti. I mean, they just got Griezmann back. And you have to wait and see, you know, exactly how things are going to unfold in the transfer window, I mean, now the transfer window is closed, uh, in both England and in Spain. I don't think there's an easy answer for any of it. I mean, Real Madrid signed Camavinga. Madrid made a 200 million euro offer for Kylian Mbappe to PSG and PSG said mm, no despite the fact Mbappe has basically said he would like to go despite the fact they just signed Lionel Messi right it is a level of lunacy uh, when you add to that of course Neymar that makes no sense in the annals of fair play. It makes no sense when you try to look objectively at any sort of financial balance that they may be in Europe. There, there is no such thing. It's all a pile of absolute nonsense. So let's turn our attention to England, where there have been some big moves. And I suppose that laughing stock of a club, the one that is just an absolute joke, thanks to their ownership, they're rotten and lousy ownership, right? Manchester United. Varane, Jadon Sancho, Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll say it again. Rafael Varane, Jadon Sancho, and Cristiano Ronaldo coming back to United. He was swooped, stolen right from under the nose of Man City. It's been 12 years, okay? But, you know, if he's going to have a twilight, a swan song, swan song of his career, why not do it back at Old Trafford where 
he really started on the road to mega stardom. Now you have to wonder, you know, who's going to service them because United's midfield is probably the serious weakness right now. But by the way, discussions say we're going to get rid of Martial. They wanted to move him, but he didn't want to go. Um, Paul Pogba's still at United. I mean, United have an all-star cast that is probably almost as juicy as PSG. But have they done what they need to do to actually challenge for the title? Because as I've said before, it's not just the players that are on the roster. It is also the system that they play in, the management, the training, all of these others. Now, what you cannot say as a United supporter who love to bitch and moan and whine about everything under the sun, they are the most dissatisfied, spoilt, entitled group of wankers I've ever met. They have a club legendary player who is managing the squad, who has had support from ownership, despite, you know, at times rough periods when maybe other managers would have been fired. They've had a redevelopment of the stadium, and they've had investment of the squad to the tune of adding people like Paul Pogba, Cristiano Ronaldo, Rafael Ferran, Jaden Sancho. I mean, come on. But as I said to you before on Friday, I'm not sure. I'm just not convinced that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has the uh, strategic and tactical new to, to win the Premier League. I think the players may be able to go toe-to-toe with any other club, but I think managerially, I think Solskjaer is not yet at the level, and quite frankly, nowhere near the level of a Pep Guardiola or a Jurgen Klopp or even a Thomas Tuchel or even a Rafa Benitez. I mean, <laughs> you know, we can talk. Uh, we can talk about it, but that's the reality. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Now, the issue is there's lots of pressure on Solskjaer. I mean, you deliver those types of players, then you have to do it. Man City signed Jack Grealish for $100 million. Okay, he'll add a little bit of creativity. But they didn't get Harry Kane. He's staying at Spurs. And I actually think that was the one-two punch. And I, I think the interest that City had with Cristiano Ronaldo should tell you everything you need to know about how important that particular type of player is for them. I wonder, I wonder... If City, and by the way, um, I guess at some point, you know, we should talk about Mendy sitting in jail right now on rape charges. That's not a reflection of the club, by the way. That's just a reflection on him as an individual, if he's guilty. But I wonder, you know, if, if this was sort of the City plan that just fell short this transfer window and how that is going to affect them coming into next season or coming into this season as the season develops. I mean, clearly they're doing well, don't get me wrong. 
Chelsea, well, you know, at the very last minute, they signed Sal, uh, Sal Niguez from Atletico Madrid. <coughs> Chelsea looked pretty good. Lukaku seems to be playing really well. I thought he was very good in the match against Liverpool. Um, but again, they sold Tammy Abraham to Roma for $34 million. They sold Zuma to West Ham for $25 million. They sold Fikayo to Mori to AC Milan for about $24 million. Um, they have done really well in doing, for example, what PSG doesn't do, which is balance the books. All right, uh, let's talk about it some more when we come back. Let's pick up on the transfer window. Let's take a look at the Premier League table, and then let's take a quick swoop around the European qualifiers. This is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. Be right back after this. Uh, welcome back. World Soccer Radio. Nick Eber with you here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Uh, we are, by the way, presented to you by betonline.ag. We are running through the transfer market in uh, England, taking a look at the teams and where they sit, what they've done. We've talked a little bit about Manchester United. We've talked a bit about Man City. We've discussed Chelsea. Um, The one thing we didn't say about Chelsea is that they did try uh, to get Jules Kwande out of Sevilla, but that didn't work. But despite that, I, I think Chelsea really look very, very good. And I think if there's four teams that are going to really <coughs> challenge for the title, and I'm sorry, Spurs, I'm going to talk about that in a minute, which is Chelsea, City, United, and Liverpool. Um there's something about the spark and life in this Chelsea squad that has me wondering if they can build on last season's Champions League success and um, follow that up with uh, more success in the Premier League. Now, as a Liverpool fan, I can tell you, you know, we started off the transfer market with a bang. We were so excited because we signed um, Ibrahim Konate for uh, 35 million pounds. And yeah, there was a lot of rumors about Mbappe wants to go to Liverpool and so-and-so wants to go to Liverpool and this one wants to go to Liverpool and that one. But the bottom of the line is <coughs> Fen Fenway Sports Group are a very conservative organization. As you know, if you've watched Moneyball, you know how that works. They really uh, don't splash out a lot big money unless it fits all of their checks all of their boxes they prefer to get younger talent less obvious talent uh i mean look at mohammed salah's a great uh, a great example of that sadia mane is a great example of that uh diogo jota who came from wolves i mean if you think about liverpool's attacking options they are enormous the big news recently for liverpool was the final finally a new contract for Jordan Henderson. And, you know, uh, Jordan Henderson is very much the uh, sort of next generational Steven Gerrard figure. Um, I don't think he's quite as talented a footballer as Steven Gerrard, but I think he is as equal of a leader on the pitch as a Steven Gerrard. So the importance of signing Jordan Henderson to a contract 
for the team, for team cohesion, for, uh, you know, all of the above, for leadership on the pitch. And that whole crazy, silly, you know, absolutely dumb statement, you know, there's no I in team. I hate that, by the way. There is, however, a me, by the way. <laughs> um, but for team cohesion... I think Jordan Henderson's critically important. So that's good. But again, the the big thing for Liverpool was the return of Virgil van Dijk, the return of Joe Gomez, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then finally getting some more defensive cover. So, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, you've got to trust Jurgen Klopp. And um, I think you've just... All, all it took was a look at Virgil van Dijk in that match against Chelsea, and you know uh, Virgil van Dijk is back with bells on. Uh, an interesting study, however, uh, also in Merseyside, if we go over to Everton, where, <coughs> you know, Rafa Benitez has taken the helm initially. There was a lot of skepticism due to his him, of course, being a legendary Liverpool manager and some statements that he had made while he was at the helm of the Reds saying about how Everton, you know, were not a big club. I believe the fans who gave him a wonderful ovation his first match uh, coming out uh, are looking happy, feeling happy with him as what what has he won? Let me check the table. It's two out of three, right, for Everton? Yeah, it's two out of three. They're unbeaten. They did draw to Leeds, draw Leeds, but they beat Southampton. They drew Leeds. And they beat Brighton 2-0. Uh, the fans are happy. Now, where Everton, uh, you know, they have been, surprisingly enough, profligate spenders over the past seasons. And you may be surprised to hear that because it's not exactly as if they're, you know, littering the field with massive names and huge success. They only gave him £1.7 million for Damari Gray, uh, who looks good, by the way. Comes from Bayer Leverkusen. The rest of them have been free transfers. Asmir Begovic, uh, who came from Newcastle, and Andrus Townsend, and uh, uh, Salomon Rondon. They did ship Moise Keane back to Juve on loan, uh, and they couldn't sell Hamas Rodriguez, who I think was actually an important piece of their transfer market uh, he's not in Benitez's um, uh, plans for the future. Uh, they're going to have to pay his wages regard, regardless. And what they wanted to do uh, was move him on to Porto and then take uh, Luis Diaz, another Colombian, uh, in, uh, in, in the place of Rodriguez. But that did not happen. Um, look, I think uh, this is another one. I mean, you know, when you say to Liverpool, trust Jurgen Klopp, I think Everton fans are going to have to trust Rafa Benitez. He is a guy that can work a tight budget. This team will not win the title. They will get better year over year. They will win some silverware at some point along the line. And I think that it's a great uh, idea for them. You know, let's talk about uh, Chelsea. Let's talk about Arsenal. Because, you know, I constantly laugh about the Gunners who are dead bottom of the table. It's their worst start in uh, living memory. Let's just put it that way. I mean, when I say Arsenal are in the relegation zone, 
I literally mean Arsenal are in the relegation zone, not by dint of the fact that, you know, they're the only team to uh, be winless or they're the only team to lose three in a row. They're not. There's three teams that have lost three in a row. Wolverhampton Wanderers, Norwich, and Arsenal. But if I told you that Arsenal had conceded nine goals and scored not a single one with matches against Brentford, Chelsea, and Manchester City, well, you might say Chelsea and Manchester City, well, okay. That opening day loss against Brentford was absolutely shocking. And they have Norwich next in what has now become a relegation six-pointer, if you can believe that. I mean, that's a shock and a half, isn't it? And by the way, the, one of my other favorite matches is coming up. It's the W Derby. It's Watford Wolves. Who will win, I wonder? <laughs> Arsenal have spent a fair amount of money, believe it or not. More than a hundred million pounds. Ben White, fifty million. Martin Odegaard from Real Madrid. Aaron Ramsdale from Sheffield United. Takahiro Tomiyasu from Bologna. But you know, when you look at these signings, do, do any of them strike you as being sort of massive impact signings? I don't think so. So if we're talking about, you know, North London derbies, we've spoken about Arsenal. Uh, let's talk about Spurs. I mean, I, I suppose much like Liverpool, uh, you know, tying up Jordan Henderson to a new contract, Spurs getting a new contract for Son Hong Ming, or Sonny, as we like to call him, and Harry, Co Harry Kane agreeing to stay is almost like uh, new signings in and of themselves. He, they did bring in some players. Uh, Christian Romero came in from At Atalanta and Brian Gill came in from Sevilla and Emerson Royal came in from Barcelona I actually like these additions and I think Nuno is a good manager and a good coach and I think that Spurs are going to compete but I don't think they're going to compete for the title they may have some they will certainly have something to say about a top four finish and the final one to talk about, I suppose, is West Ham United, where you know David Moyes, one of the most underrated managers. By the way, we didn't talk about Leicester, but not a whole lot's going on there. He brought in Kurt Zuma from Chelsea. Nikola Vlasic from CSKA Moscow. And uh, did a loan deal for uh, Alex Kral from Spartak. You know, these are David Moyes-style players. And you have to say that West Ham ownership backed Moyes up. He's there for the long term. That's another club you're going to want to watch in terms of how it grows and how it develops with a really good manager at the helm. You know, you can see that with Leicester. You can see that now. We're going to have that with Everton, with Benitez. And also, we obviously have that at West Ham with David Moyes. Uh, you know, how long is... How's Nuno going to work out at Tottenham? Could he be a long-term prospect manager at Tottenham? I mean, that's a really interesting question and one that I think 
we're going to have to look at. I happen to like Nuno Espirito Santo. I think he's a really good manager. I liked a lot what he did at Wolves. Now, he had a lot of really good talent that flew under the radar at Wolves. <coughs> and now, you know, Tottenham's the next level of high profile, particularly when you have Harry Kane and a gorgeous stadium to play in. But, you know, we are seeing a... Uh, the word paradigm shift is an awful thing. It's just one of these really trite, awful words. But we are seeing a sort of shift as more and more talent from around Europe comes to the Premier League. It's been going this way for 20-plus years, okay? 25, 30 years even. Not quite that long, but 20 years, I would say. As the Premier League is the richest league on the planet, it is attracting the bigger players. And yeah, the PSGs may have the uh, Messis and the Mbappes and the Neymars of the world, but that is a house of cards. There is no fundamental underlying business model that would make that work under any situation. Much the same for La Liga. But like you know, an accountant coming to tell you that your business is failing and you need to go on an austerity plan, with the exception of two or three teams, La Liga has been willing to do that and has in fact done that. These leagues will now all be primarily feeder leagues for the Premier League. I'm sorry if you're a fan of Serie A, La Liga, the Bundesliga, Ligue 1. That is just the way it is. The reason for it is very simple. The Premier League business model, because of the billions and billions and billions of dollars and pounds that it brings in, is a solid business model that works. They can actually afford the players that they bring in. While the other leagues try to play catch-up and spend themselves into bankruptcy in what is essentially a sporting version of the Cold War. Uh, this is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. I'm going to take a break. We're presented by betonline.ag. Uh, lots going on. This is... Uh, International qualifying weekend. He had another one, I know. Snooze, snooze. I said I would get to some of the matches. Guess what? I lied. We're going to get to some more on Friday. Why don't we take a look at European qualifying? I'm not really bothering with CONCACAF qualifying, guys, because if the U.S. can't qualify out of CONCACAF, we have no busy business playing football. All right, I'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back. Well, Soccer Radio, Sports Byland Broadcast Network, Sirius XM. Nick Eber with you here on this lovely Wednesday. World Cup qualifying day. Ugh, boring. Why do they do this? Why do they tease us with three matches in the Premier League and then wait, make us wait 10 days? It's uh, really awful. And I tell you what, Arsene Wenger, no one wants to see the World Cup every two years. No one wants to see qualifying, honestly. Why don't we do a, a summer tournament where everyone qualifies and you can just get it all over with? And we don't have to keep interrupting the league schedules over and over and over again. <coughs> FIFA is becoming one of these growths on this international calendar that is cutting off the circulation to the national leagues around Europe. And I'm not that much of a fan. 
because, quite frankly, the best football played is not the international football. You know that. I know that. The best football played right now is played in England with the biggest names, the best teams, the brightest stars. I wish I could say France, but there is only really one team in France. The rest are all... The rest are all spectators. All right. Well, I'll be back on the air with you tomorrow. Let's talk some more about it then. Uh, let's start to get into some of the World Cup qualifying. Uh, before we do, though, and this will be tomorrow, I'm going to kind of give you a primer on how qualifying works in UEFA. It's a little bit cockamamie uh, with the Nations League and people able, able to kind of backdoor their way into qualifying and all the rest of that good nonsense. But we will get to it all uh, tomorrow. In the meantime, find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. And I'll be back with you tomorrow, 6 p.m., 9 Pacific, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast on Sports Overnight America. Uh, and, of course, American Forces, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app. And don't forget, subscribe to the podcast at the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V, or check it out wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, you know it. All right, folks, have a great night. I'll chat to you tomorrow. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.